Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. All right, open up your Bibles. Turn to the book of James chapter 3. We're on week 3 of a new series called My Big Fat Mouth where we are looking at the power that you and I have in our words and we have to understand that we are created in God's image. And if God had the ability to speak all things into existence with his words, not using his hands, and if we're made in his image, then you and I have that same authority and same power in our words. And so we want to make sure that we are stewarding those words well. And James is Jesus's brother and talks about the power that is in our mouth, um, the, the power that is in our tongue. And in verse nine, he says this, he says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who, this is ringing just a little bit, Matthew, if you can fix this. It says, sometimes it praises the Lord our Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in his image. And so blessing and cursing is coming, pouring out of the same mouth. He says, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. This shouldn't be happening. Does a spring of water bubble up with both fresh and bitter water? And he says, you can't have fresh water and salt water or fresh water and bitter water coming out of the same spring. And so you and I should not have words that are coming out of our mouth that are both blessing and praising God and cursing um, and negatively speaking of those that are around us. And so we look at the difference between fresh words and bitter words. And last week we looked at complaining and how there are ex like actually moments where complaining is valid. But if we were to look at 90 to 95% of what we complain about, it's petty stuff. Would you agree? And so what I want us to do, and we talked about last week, go back and listen to the recap is if we can change our circumstances, let's change it. If we can't change our circumstance, what do we change? We change our was there anybody here last week? <laughs> perspective, all right? And if we can't change our perspective, then we bring our complaint. We change who we complain to, and we bring those complaints before the Lord. And so this week, I want to look at some other bitter words that come out of our mouth. And I found this cool description. See if you can guess what it is. He says, he says this about himself being the words. He says, I have no respect for justice. I break hearts, ruin lives. I'm cunning and malicious, and I grow stronger with age. The more I speak, the more you listen. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless because I have no name or face. Tracking me down is almost impossible, and the more you try, the more elusive I become. I am no one's friend, though people think I am theirs. I topple government. I ruin marriages, careers, and reputations. I cause sleepless nights and indigestion. My spawn are suspicion and grief. I even make innocent people cry. Even my name hisses. What is it? Gossip. Ooh, gossip. And I know none of you guys in here have a problem with gossip. 
But you may have some friends who have problems with gossip, right? Don't elbow the person beside you. Um, but hopefully something that we learned today will help us when it comes to gossip. And was doing a little research, and in all honesty, we've all participated, right? Or we've all been the victim of gossip. And gossip is extremely, extremely, extremely hurtful. And the American Psychology Institute did a, a survey, a study of about 4,000 people um, about 10 or 15 years ago. So it may be more than this now, that, that the average person spends about 52 minutes a day gossiping. 52 minutes a day gossiping. Now, also understand that this was before the introduction of social media and smartphones. So how many of you would probably say that that percentage is probably a little more, right? Probably a little more than 52%. And in and, and all honesty, like not all gossip is bad. Because sometimes you're just talking about people because you're talking about life. Would you agree? Like sometimes you're just talking about what so-and-so's doing. You know, Aiden, Aiden, I did it again. Jaden and Aaron are getting married this weekend. In a couple of weeks, we'll talk about how awesome their wedding was. It's gossip, but it's not necessarily bad gossip because we're talking about people's lives. But there is a large percentage of the gossip that comes out of our mouths. If we were to look at it, is destructive. Would you agree? And so I want to define gossip. I want to define gossip as this, as sharing information, real or imagined, which could damage another person's reputation. Sharing information, either it's real or it's made up with someone else with the idea of trying to damage their reputation. And when you start reading in Proverbs, who was written by Solomon, the third king of Israel and considered to be the wisest man in all of history, when you start reading through Proverbs, you see that he speaks a lot about the words that come out of our mouth, how we need to guard our mouth, watch our mouth, that the power of life and death is in our tongue, that we will be satisfied and filled by the fruits of our mouth. And he makes this statement in Proverbs chapter 26, verses 20 through 21. And he says, the fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. A quarrelsome person starts fights as easily as hot embers light coals or fire lights wood. Would you guys say that gossip is running rampant right now? When you look at social media, when you look at conversations, there is gossip that is running rampant. And it says that, that a fire is continued, a fire is stoked, is built by throwing wood on it. And quarrels and fights and disagreement are continued by bringing gossip and rumors into it. And when you look at, like, I was kind of, when I was working on this message yesterday, there was a song that came into my head. And I know some of you guys, because you know, like, I'm always relating life to music because if I could sing, I would. But you don't want me singing, so I'll just tell you about songs that I like instead of singing them. And so there was a song, and, and I thought it was in the mid-90s, but it was actually in the late 80s. Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire, right? We didn't start the fire. And so you may not have started the rumor, but I promise you at some point you've kept the rumor going by passing it on. And so I want to help us today to stop the rumor mill. And especially with all that's going on today. I saw a news article a couple of weeks ago, um, and I was really, really like disturbed that one of a higher ranking political official um, in our country had retweeted an article that she thought was real, but it wasn't. And it, was, it went out to almost 13,000 people. Um, and guess what happened 
they retweeted it to their friends and their friends. And it came from a satire website. You guys know what those are? Like the Babylon Bee, which is the Christian version, right? Which is incredible, right? And then there's the Onion, which is like the political version. And so there was this news article that this politician had tweeted as real information, but if she just would have dug a little bit deeper to find the truth and the facts, she would have seen the disclaimer on this website that said, this is not real information, right? But how many times have we found ourselves sharing information that we thought was real, was legit, and it wasn't anybody, or is it just me, right? Or maybe we have been on the receiving end of the information and we hear that false information, whether it's about you know, you know, a political figure, whether it's about a famous person, or whether it's about a family member or a friend, and we hear that and we absorb that. And so this is, this is what Solomon says about gossip and about rumors. And I love this in 26 verse 22. It says, rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. And this verse is also repeated, retweeted in Proverbs 18, eight, where he says the same thing. And so when you look at this dainty morsels, it, it, it really means like cheap candy. And we're getting close to Halloween. And guess what's out at the stores right now? Cheap candy. And one of my favorite candies is Sour Patch Kids. Anyone else? <laughs> Dale in the back, Dale's already collected his candy tax for the day, sir, you get no more. Right, you get no more. And so I picked these up because my kids love Sour Patch Kids. And their commercials are the best. Would you guys agree? And so can I show you guys a couple of the commercials? Show me the first one. The first one. First, they're sour. Then, they're sweet. Sour Patch Kids. Sour, sweet, gone. That one's okay, but really I want you to see the next one because the next one is just like, oh my God. First, they're sour. Then they're sweet. Sour Patch Kids. Sour, sweet, gone. Dainty little morsels, right? And so I'm, I have a Sour Patch Kid in my hand. And I really want to eat it. My mouth is like salivating right now, and so I'm trying to talk... Um, but the way Sour Patch Kids work is we know they're going to be sour, right? But once we can get past the sour, they're sweet. And we enjoy that sweet and sour combination. And so um, I'm not going to eat mine, but I've got a couple other packets. Anybody else want them on the front row? Nobody. Oh, I, come on. Chris, Steve in the back. Oh, I'm, I can't throw that, that, that far. Come see me after service. No, those are zombie Sour Patch Kids. Um, I didn't realize they were zombie Sour Patch Kids, so please forgive me. However, Jesus does resurrect the dead, right? Okay, so <laughs> that's how I'm going to use. We have been brought to new life. But, but if you think about eating a Sour Patch Kid, okay, and it's sour at first, but then we enjoy the sweet and we go for another one. It's the same with, with, with rumors and we find ourselves gossiping. Those of us who are walking with Jesus and are believers, we know we really shouldn't participate. But once we're in the mix and we're in the circle or we're in the conversation, it kind of feels good to be there, right? I know nobody's going to nod at this, right? Because you don't want to be looking around because it's real talk. And, and here's what I know. We talked about that the bitter words and the fresh words that come out of our mouth, that the fruit is the over, or our words are the overflow of what's in our heart. 
And so when we look at the condition of our heart, when we have a problem with, with either wanting to share gossip or receive and be a part of gossip, here's, here's what that is the fruit of. Gossiping is the fruit of an insecure heart. Gossiping is the fruit of an insecure heart. And you may be thinking, well, I don't, I don't understand that. Well, it is a heart that wants to be seen. It's an individual, it's a heart that wants to be seen, that wants to be heard, that wants to be a part, that wants an intimate relationship. And so when we have that information or we want to receive that information, what we do is, is we lean in to feel seen, right? We lean in to feel heard. We lean in to feel connected. And it's a bitter, bitter fruit that poisons those around us and it, it makes us feel apart. But in all honesty, even though all honesty, it, it hurts everyone that's involved. It hurts the victim. It hurts the one who's sharing. It, it, it hurts the listener. It hurts the victim. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. If I were to, you know, take a poll, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but, but we've all been hurt by something that was shared that wasn't supposed to be shared by a friend or a family member, correct? And that has brought division between us. Some of you may have had relationships, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago that were really strong, and something came between you because something intimate was shared that, that wasn't supposed to be shared, and now there is division there, and, and so you are the victim of it. The victim of gossip, they're, they're defenseless because they don't even know they're being talked about. They don't even know the information's being shared. Um, and here's, here's the problem with that. If it's, if it's negative rumors that are being shared, and it gets shared enough, there will always be a footnote in that person's life in that area. It leaves a permanent footnote. The reputation has been marred by those who have received that information. So the victim is injured. The listener is injured. The reason why you're injured, why you're hurt, is because you begin to lose trust in the person who's sharing it. Or maybe like me, in all honesty, like there was something that I heard that wasn't necessarily true, but it it caused me to build up a wall between me and that other person that the information was about. And so I wound up missing out on opportunities for a relationship and building relationships. So I was injured, I was hurt by taking in that false information about that person. And then at the same time, when we receive that, okay, and we're in the conversation and we receive that and we lean in, we feel apart, guess what we are then tempted to do? To go and share that to replicate that feeling of being a part. And, and, and the truth is, is you would not receive a stolen item from someone else and give it to someone else, right? You would not receive something that is stolen that someone brings you that they got from someone else and give it to someone else. Do you guys track with me? But how easily do we get caught up taking information that's been stolen from someone and passing that on to someone else? And so what we are now doing is we have no longer just become the listener, but what have we become? The speaker. Now we're the ones sharing. And so there's even damage that comes from those that are sharing gossip. The speaker, Proverbs 29, 9 through 10 says, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation you will never regain your good reputation. It takes time to build a good reputation. 
And I've, I've heard it illustrated this way. Like, consider building your reputation to wrapping a ball of yarn. For those of you who, cro- who crochet, right? I don't, but maybe you do. Make me a sweater, I'll wear it, right? But the time it takes to take yarn and wrap it in a ball takes a little bit of time. You know how quickly it takes to unwrap that ball of yarn. Just drop it. And instantly it's unraveled. And it's the same with those of us who are working to build a good reputation of someone that can be trusted, of someone that's honest, someone who's, who's a confidant. And it takes years to build that up, but just a moment to ruin that character. And so if we're not careful, we not only hurt those that are listening, we're not just hurting those that the information is about that we shouldn't be sharing, but we're also hurting ourselves. And honestly, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create instant intimacy, but we could be creating permanent isolation. By sharing and gossiping, we try to create that intimate, instant intimacy, but we could be creating prolonged isolation. So what do we do? Listen, church, in this season, more than ever, as a church, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, we need to be watching our words. We don't need to be, and, and it's not just our words, but it's so easy just to hit the like and the share button. I must be stepping on some toes because you guys look angry right now, right? It's so easy to hit the like and the share button. Anytime I read a post or I see a news article, I do a little research, and if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you notice I rarely share anything political or medical in this season, because in all honesty, it's really hard to know who to believe. Like, I want to believe, like, and, and I'm the type of person, I just want to believe everybody, but there's so much confusion out there because there's so much, like, false information that's being shared as real information, and so can I just encourage us, church, not to add wood to the fire? Can, can I encourage us to leave our lighter fluid in our house, like to just to do away with it? And let's be truth speakers. Let's be life bringers and life speakers. And let's take our wood off the fire. Can we do that? So how do we do this? All right. So Proverbs 26, 20, you guys heard me say this. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip starts. So how can we stop the fire? Now, this first one is going to be a punch in the mouth. I'm just going to. Get ready for it, all right? Because we don't often see this. In order to stop the fire, we have to see gossip as sin. You guys took it better than I thought, <laughs> right? You can hear it, cricket, cricket. We have to see gossip as sin. And in our daily conversation, in our daily walk throughout life, we're probably not noticing gossip as sin as much as we're seeing lying as much as we're seeing adultery, as much as we're seeing anything else that the church likes to highlight as major sins. You know why? Because this seems to be a minor sin. And it's also culturally acceptable. When you're standing in the line, there are tabloids on either side, and you guys are catching up what the Kardashians are doing, right? Did they end that show finally? Or are we still trying to keep up with them? (laughs) <laughs> or, or, or like, or, or are we don't, but so even when you're, ch- and that used to be all that it was, is you had, you know, us and People Magazine and all these, but now we have access to it 24-7 with our smartphones and social media. And that is just as sinful 
as those that the church like to point at and say, you're sinful. And so we have to understand and see gossip as sin. Romans 1, through 30 says this. It says their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, deception, malicious behavior, and what? Yeah, thank you, gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful, and they invent new ways of sinning. Just because it's common and culturally accepted doesn't make it okay. And it says that it's dainty little morsels. It's things that we actually, our flesh, enjoys. Sin is enjoyable for a season, but there's repercussions and there's consequences. And, and I heard Craig Rochelle say this. He says, what we permit, we actually promote. What we permit around us as followers of Jesus, we're actually promoting because we're not speaking up. And look, I'm preaching to me too. I'm up here sweating because I'm gonna have to live this out after I preach it. What we permit, we're actually promoting. And so we, you and I, have to see gossip as sin because it's, it's, it's a heart issue, not just a word issue. We have to see it as sin. Then what do we do? The second thing, once we begin to see it as sin, to help us do that, we have to check our motives. We have to say, all right, why am I sharing this information? Why am I listening to this information? Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Guys, those of us that are walking with Jesus and following him, our words are to be an encouragement to those that are around us. So when we're speaking, we're to speak life. And so we need to check our motives when we enter into that conversation. Are we going into that conversation to build someone up or to tear them down? Or are we in some way hoping that we will hear something or share something that justifies a negative illustration of that person, right? And so maybe there's, there's you know, like, you've, you've got an enemy. You've got someone who stabbed you in the back, and you step into a conversation, and someone else starts speaking negative about that person, and you lean in because it's going to justify the pain that you feel. Scripture doesn't tell us to lean into those conversations. Instead, when someone has wounded us and hurt us, what are we to do with that person? We are to forgive them. And by leaning into that conversation, guess what we're doing? We are, we are justifying our hurt and our pain. And we are building a case and evidence of why we should feel that way. Does that make sense? Whereas when we lean into a conversation we should go with the motive of building that person up. If we can't lean into a conversation, whether it's sharing or whether it's listening to build someone up, then we need to walk out, which goes to the next point. We need to guard our ears. See gossip as sin, check our motives, guard our ears. When you're in the midst of a conversation and, and it can be difficult to speak up because you don't wanna seem like that guy, right? Or that girl, that is the party pooper pooping on everybody's party, right? <laughs> but you can shut a conversation down by asking some simple questions. Just ask, hey, look, why, why are you telling me this? Who, who told you this? Have you talked to them about this? 
And can I quote you on this? That would shut them down. And so for me, and so maybe you're not, like, this would be really, really hard for me. As a nine, um, I try to avoid conflict at all costs. But there's been times where I've had to end a conversation. And I've asked, like, who, who, who told you this or why are you telling me this? And then think about this. If you're in the midst of that conversation, would you be embarrassed if the person that's being talked about walked up? Would you be embarrassed if the person that is being talked about walked up? If so, guess what? You need to walk out. We need to guard our ears. And then I love how Scripture puts it in Proverbs 21 and 23. It says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. So the fourth thing is this. Look, just shut your mouth. <laughs> All right? We gotta see gossip as sin. We gotta check our motives. We gotta guard our ears. And then when all else fails, just shut your mouth. Shut it. Shut it. Shut it. And for some of us, that may be harder than others, right? Bite your tongue if you need to, right? But we wanna check our heart, guard our heart, see it as sin. Um, watch your tongue. And so I ask this question Would you stop talking? If you're the one talking, would you stop talking if that person walked up? The story that you're sharing, the information that you're sharing, would you stop talking if that person walked up? Now, it could be complete truth, but just because it's true doesn't, need, doesn't mean it needs to be told. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's, it, it needs to be told. And I know this, is, this feels way heavier than I thought it would, so. but here's the truth. This isn't just a word issue. This is a heart issue. And for those of us that are leaning into those conversations, whether we're listening, whether we're sharing, whether we're just being a part, or maybe you've been the victim, it's because you're wanting to be seen. And as I was kind of studying my message yesterday, and I've changed how I wanted to end this, and I want those of you that have been the victim of gossip, because there's someone in this room that has been, someone who feels like they get their identity or their worth or their value and wanting to be a part of that, that wants to be seen, let me just let you know there's a God that sees you. There's a God that knows you. There's this incredible story in the Old Testament in, in Genesis about this woman named Hagar. And Hagar was a servant of a family that thought, cared about her. And they actually wound up using her and then talking about her and casting her out. And while she's outside of the family, feeling abandoned, feeling um, left out, she prays and God answers her. And she calls him El-Rohi, the God who sees me. And I want you guys to know, God sees you that any of you that are in here today that have been injured or wounded by bitter, painful words, your heart's been broken, your spirit's been crushed, you've stayed silent about it, but really you've been hurt, God sees you. And maybe there's some of us in here that, you know, like this is speaking right to me, that I feel like I just wanna belong. I just want to be seen. I just want to be heard that there is a God that sees you, that there is a God that knows you, 
and there is a God that loves you. And he's chosen you, not because of what you can do or what you can't do, or, but he's chosen you and he loves you simply because he does. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, James says that fresh water and bitter water can't come out of the same place. David says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. And he asks God, constantly says, God created me a clean heart and a righteous spirit. And if you're in here today and you're just wanting to be seen and noticed, and I just want you to know there is a God that loves you and he sees you. So much so, in fact, that he gave up everything Philippians 2 says that he gave up all authority and position in heaven to take the place of a servant. John 1 says that in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The word was with God and the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. He moved so that you would know that you are seen and known. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've been through, what you've done, God sees you. And so if you're here today and you say, Stephen, I need I need a relationship with Jesus. Some things I'm not proud of, but I'm turning it over to him because I want that new heart, that new life. Would you just simply lift your hand wherever you're seated with every head bowed and every eye closed, just simply lift your hand. Awesome. Awesome, look up here at me, incredible. Raising you, you guys have heard me say this, that this is Avenue Church at your home. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It simply acknowledges, God, I'm not perfect. I need you in my life. And in a moment, we're gonna pray, and it's not my words that, that save you, but it's your word speaking to the creator of the heavens and the earth, simply saying, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. I give you my life. I wanna do my best to follow you. Whatever those words and that conversation looks like to you, and it's not all that's gonna be said in the course of your relationship, but it's a start. And I want you to know you've got a church behind you that's gonna help you walk on this journey. And for the rest of us, and, you know, in this day and age, in this time of everything that's going on, we need to be life bringers and life speakers and truth speakers do the very best we can to guard our hearts and check our motives so that we can build and encourage those around us. And so let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this house even now, what you're moving in lives and in hearts and lives are being changed and transformed. And so, Father, right where they're seated today, even if they didn't raise their hand, but they lifted their heart, God, I pray that, that they would experience you in a new way, that they would know that they are seen this morning by the God who sees them. And not just by the God who sees them, the one who created them and formed them and loves them and has taken their sin away. So God, I thank you for that new life, that new creation that all the old is gone and all things are made new. And Father, for the rest of us that are following your son and his teachings and trying to do the best that we can in this crazy, crazy time to stand for what's right, to stand for truth, God, give us the boldness and the courage to 
do just that, to use our words for good and not for evil, to bring life and not death, to encourage and build up, not discourage and destroy. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict us when we're in those moments and then embolden us even to step out or step up in those moments. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap.